0: welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. I'm so excited that you're over here with us again this week. As always, super exciting things going on with NC Real Estate. So if you haven't yet got involved with us, make sure that you head over to my website, www.ncrealestate.co.uk, where there are so many things for you to get your investment journey really kickstarted and continuing on with it. And also make sure you're watching out because at the end of this month, I am going to be launching the Property Investment Mastery Seven Day Success Summit. And you will only be able to do that if you're on our mailing list. So make sure that when you're at NC Real Estate's website that you're signing up to our mailing list because that's the only way you're gonna get access to that awesome information. I hope you're as excited as I am, because seriously, I've put a lot of time and effort into this so that you go and get the most important things out of your property investment journey and you continue taking action and achieving awesome results. That's why I'm here. So let's jump straight in with this week's podcast. And this week, actually, I have got my mom, Melanie Collins here. Hi. <laughs> and I thought that it'd be really good to get her over here on the podcast, seeing as I'm at her house at the moment, so obviously it's quite a good moment to get her involved with the podcast. I wanted to talk about something that we did 18 months ago back in March 2016. At that point, Mum was looking to move to the Cotswolds, she didn't want to live in Bath anymore, she wanted that quiet country life, and but also wanted a little bit of extra income. And so, what we did was we remortgaged the bungalow that she lived in in Bath. And we actually managed to buy her another cottage in the Cotswolds. So what do you reckon about your upgrade to the Cotswolds from Bath?
1: Oh, it all went really smoothly and it's beautiful living here now. I'm so pleased that we managed to do it. In fact, I wouldn't have been able to afford to move to the Cotswolds without renting a mountain property in Bath because, because it gave me that additional income, which was really, really useful.
0: Yeah, and I think at the time, um, it was something that we didn't know what was that was possible until we started analysing the deal, I guess, and seeing how much money you were, one, able to take out of the property in Bath so that you could put, get a mortgage on your second house in the Cotswolds, and two, how much rental income we could actually get out of the property that you had in Bath.
1: Yes, yeah, so we had to do some research, and luckily you put me in touch with a really good mortgage broker who could advise me on what funding I could get um, and then we compared properties in Bath to see what sort of rent, rental income I could expect and then when we put all the information together we found that actually it was entirely possible to make the move without having to sell my my bungalow in Bath so it all worked out really really well.
0: And so at the time I know this is very new to you as much as I do a lot of property investing and I get involved in that for mum this was the first time she was buying a buy to let on her own and What did it feel like when you first thought, oh my gosh, this is a possibility? It was
1: very exciting, but also very scary. The responsibilities of becoming a landlord was really, really (laughs) immense. I was really worried. But with the right advice behind me and putting things down on paper and looking at it clearly and simply, it really was the best option and actually it's remarkably simple once <laughs> the process was put in place everything just went to plan it was really good
0: and how did you find the financing because i remember at the time we we had a lot of options didn't we and the was it the first finance that we found for the remortgage fell through
1: yes the first one fell through and it looked like it was going to be really challenging but speaking to the mortgage um, broker and keeping in touch with him He very easily found me somewhere else because we had everything in place. We knew how much money we needed to borrow. We knew how much rental income I was going to get. And that made it much, much simpler. And actually, the second um, company that we found was much, much the better one anyway. Um, And I've worked really well with them ever since, to be honest.
0: Because your mortgages at the moment
1: are precise? Precise mortgages for uh, my buy-to-let and principality to help me buy this property in the Cotswolds.
0: And how have you found them as mortgage lenders?
1: Um, They've both been very, very good. To begin with, all the communication had to be direct through the mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. But once the mortgages were in place and it was set up and started to run, um, I was then able to deal with them directly. And actually, it was very easy. And both companies have been very, very good to work with. it's been open on both sides, they contact me, I contact them. everything it's
0: gone very, very swimmingly, really. Which is good, because a lot of people come to me and they say, my mortgage lender is really difficult to deal with, and I don't have a great relationship with them, I don't know what's going on. But actually, would you say it's really important to have that relationship with them, so you feel a bit more comfortable?
1: Yes, I think so. So being able to pick up the phone and speak to somebody is really, really important. And I had not ever heard of precise mortgages before, but actually the dealings with them has been very, very good and very, very helpful. Um, And they write to me every couple of months and they ask if I want any information. They give me a call every few months as well in person to see whether there's anything they can do for me. And so it's been really, really helpful. Um, And Principality, as um, an ordinary mortgage, they have been absolutely exceptional, to be honest. I would recommend them to anybody um, it couldn't be more helpful. What did they do? Um, again, they phoned me up and um, in the beginning the mortgage that I had, um, I wasn't able to pay any extra off on the mortgage. Um, but about six months into it, they then contacted me and said if I'd like to, I could pay 10% more every year and reduce my mortgage over you know the long term. So that was really good. I didn't think that was going to happen. I hadn't planned for it. But actually, that's made my life a lot simpler, really.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really good that when you have that relationship with your lenders, that then if anything, if you want to remortgage or you want to change a product, or you just want them to, to, to discuss it with them, rather than stressing about it up until the date where your mortgage is payable, you can actually just get in contact with them and have that conversation.
1: Yes, and uh, I had one month when for some reason the bank didn't pay my mortgage payment, precise mortgages, and because I was very worried then. But actually, phone call, I phoned them up and said, look, I'm really sorry, not sure why this didn't go through. Um, And they said, no, no problem, pay us over the phone now with your card. Um, It's absolutely fine. And there was no issues whatsoever. And they were quite happy to talk to me. And then we both spoke to the bank to find out what had gone wrong. And everything then went forward swimming again, which is really good.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing. Because when you're fast doing buy to let, it can be so, so nerve-wracking, can't it? That day when everything has to complete an exchange at the same time. And I think we did that simultaneously, didn't we? we? On the same day you bought this new property in the Cotswolds at the same day that you remortgage the other one onto the buy to let.
1: Yes, I had to do it the same day because there were rules in the mortgage that I took out that I wasn't allowed to be living in the property once the mortgage had gone through. Mm-hmm. So it is really, really important that we made sure that the, it happened on the same day. Um, and that was fine. It took a little bit of working with the person who I was buying from in the Cotswolds because it was harder for them. But actually, it all, all worked out quite well. It was was a little bit stressful (laughs) on the day buying buying and selling properties are. But actually, the two mortgages were exactly the same as buying and selling a property. There was no other issue, really. Yeah, it just worked
0: well. And the one thing that people seem to worry about, and this is a huge thing as well, is when you remortgage one property you do get that lump sum out. So when we remortgage the one in Bath, you've got that lump sum out to pay for the one in evening, in the Cotswolds where you live now. And people always say to me, well, they don't just give you cash, but they literally do, don't they?
1: Yes, but I don't see it, or you won't see it, because your solicitors deal with it. Yeah. And again, you need to have solicitors who understand a little bit about this particular way of buying and set up. Well, I didn't sell, but buying one, but still keeping another. And actually, again, it was important that my solicitors were in touch with my mortgage broker, um, who then dealt with the two mortgage companies, and it actually worked really well. And I think that was that was a big help, as having a mortgage broker, because he dealt with the mortgage companies, and I didn't need to do that at that time. I just had to keep in contact with my solicitor and the solicitors from the um, from the house in, in the Cotswolds. So actually having somebody else stepping in really really worked for me and also having Natasha in the background but <laughs> when you know I was a little bit worried and stressed she also could help me by picking up the phone and talking to people and then coming back to me and giving me some more advice so that was really <laughs> helpful.
0: And then we moved on to the lettings but actually I th- I th- from memory I think we did the lettings simultaneously to everything being mor- remortgaged and buying a new property. I think we, all, we, did, we did
1: actually because we were working towards it we had looked for um, somebody to come in to rent from us um, so actually had that in place and that again worked out really really well because I moved out on the Monday and my new tenant moved in on the Saturday so that worked really well so I had a few day, extra days where I could go backwards and forwards to the house and clear up the last sort of things like the cat who wouldn't come with me so <laughs> <Good to laughs> I could go, to go back. back for a little while and try and collect the cat but it put things in place but it was just being prepared and knowing that actually I needed to have somebody there ready to go so it it, it was a lot of hard work it was yeah. you know, a little bit stressful but the good thing was I was living in the property so I could show people around I knew where everything was I knew how everything worked so that was quite simple really so that was being able to do it myself was quite good without having to get an agent in
0: to do that mm-hmm. and it worked very well I think. So we got the property let and the tenant moved in okay and I mean it was a week where we didn't have a tenant in there but he moved in how's been how's the management been since I mean, it's been very simple
1: i think the, the thing is is keeping conversation with them make sure that they can talk to you if necessary mm-hmm. um obviously i had to make sure that i had the um electrical t- checks done before and the gas um safety checks done so that was all done and that was sorted um, and then it's just talking to your tenants and making sure things are going well. Um, a short time afterwards, the washing machine happened to pack up. He was really good because he was moving out of a different property. He happened to have a washing machine. He said, oh, would you mind if I put mine in? And that was fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, actually, the other disaster that we had, in that week just before we moved, the cooker blew up. So I had to have <laughs> a brand new
0: cooker put in.
1: But everything worked really well. So it... it it had its challenges, but actually, it wasn't too bad. And then we used the company to hold the deposit,
0: yeah, which was very good. So, you got you, I think it's a deposit protection service that we used,
1: yes, and that was really helpful because they also did the reference checks on my tenant, um, which saved me doing it.
0: I think it was actually going back on that. I think we used the deposit protection service to hold your deposit, and we use UPAD to do all the tenancy agreements and they advertised it on Rightmove and all of the online services and did the referencing checks. Yes, they did. And then they did tenancy to put the tenancy, uh, the AST as well. They got all the contracts signed and they made sure we had good tenants.
1: And they do the gas safety check every year and they remind me that that's coming up. So I've had my second one done and that worked really well. The only hiccup that we had was after the first year... Um, they stop collecting the money on your behalf because what was happening was my tenant was paying them the rent and they'd pass the rent on to me yeah that stopped happening and we weren't aware of it and either myself or my tenant knew that and I suddenly realized I hadn't had my month's rent yeah so I contacted the tenant and he said oh he said that's very odd I don't quite know why that is um, so he checked his bank and we found out because it had come to the end of the year and I'd had no contact with UPad, they'd just stopped collecting the money, they just presumed I didn't need to collect it anymore. But it's very simple, I talked to my tenant, he said okay we've just set up a direct debit direct to you and that's how it's gone on really.
0: Yeah which was which was easy, I mean it's a shame that you didn't know but actually again having that good relationship with your tenant means that if something like that does happen, you can then be open with them to go and talk to them. It's not an embarrassing thing. It's just, hey, I know you normally pay. Actually, what's going on this time?
1: Yeah, and it was a very positive conversation, and I wasn't particularly worried. I just, you know, wondered why he hadn't paid because he was a really good payer. Um, and it's been really good actually. And if there are any issues, um, like very recently they had a problem with the boiler. Actually, it was, it was dripping. And so they phoned me up and said, oh, we've got this issue with the boiler. And I said, OK, we've got a plumber to come in. So we organised the plumber, all sorted, done and dusted, no issues. They were happy. I was happy. And so we're going on. So it's really good. And they're happy to continue being my tenant this year. I didn't give them a price increase this year because all the hedges needed doing and they were happy to get the hedges done and get the, I've got some op, um, apple trees in the garden, and to get the apple trees trimmed at their cost. So this year we agreed I wouldn't give them a a, pay, a a rent rise. But we're going to negotiate that again when it comes around to March.
0: Which is good, because then you know exactly what's happening. And I think sometimes landlords can get a bit greedy, whereas if... Um, if you can negotiate it, where the tenant does actually help you out, and you're helping the tenant out by not putting it up, and we probably at the time you probably wouldn't have got that much of a increase anyway, a couple of no. percent. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts, and they're helping you out, you're helping them out. So it works really well, and it's a good landlord-tenant relationship then. Yes, I think I'm really lucky with these particular tenants. Um, it was hard work
1: finding nice tenants. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of students who came round because they only wanted it for a few months. So it's just making sure you've got the right sort of person who matches your own expectations of what you would like in your property. So mm-hmm. if you meet the people in person, you know whether or not you're going to like them or whether they actually like your property. I think, you know, put it through an agent, there's that they've got no, no relationship with you. So if things go wrong, they're likely to get cross and their expectations are different but when you have a conversation he knows my circumstances i know his circumstances and actually it works really well so it's, it's a good two way relationship at the moment
0: so how much here's the question everybody's going to be asking how much additional profit income do you get a month
1: my profit the actual profit the that actual I take. profit
0: that you take after mortgage and maintenance and all of that i
1: would say it's around about 250 pounds a month um, is my profit which is great it's great but obviously i just have to make sure that i put some of that aside in case of emergencies so i've built up a little bit just to cover um, a month's rent just in case i do have you know a time when i don't have a tenant so it's just keeping that safeguard if something awful goes wrong um then i've got somebody you know i've got something that i can use you know i'm not going to dip into my own money straight away and the other thing I, I would say as well, I'd recommend, is having a look at your insurance. I've got a very, very good house and building insurance, uh, tenant insurance, with Saga, of all people. <laughs> they are absolutely fantastic. £6 pounds a month, which I think is really, really good. And if something goes wrong with my property, um, and uh, that the tenant can't live there, then put them into other accommodation until they can come back at no That's cost so to me. Good. it's such a good insurance but I think it's important to make sure that you've got that in place as well and um, also actually I think it covers if the boiler did blow up I think it would cover that so well. I need to check that but I'm pretty certain that when I looked into it it covered all that sort of thing like new carpets um, it's a very very good policy well there but you I go I would recommend looking around for that
0: great tip of advice there for you so let's wrap this up. Let me ask you, what, is this, what, what was the biggest worries you've had about owning a buy-to-let property? Um,
1: I think having a tenant where things would go wrong and I wouldn't be able to afford to do it. Um, it feels like a lot of responsibility, but actually it's okay. It, it doesn't take up much of my time. It's just having a two-way conversation, I
0: think. And what are the most rewarding things about having a buy to let?
1: Well, the most rewarding it mainly means that I can live in the cotswolds. I wouldn't have been able to take out the mortgage that I did on this property, and I absolutely love living in the cotswolds and being able to lead the life that I want to live with that little bit of extra income for my rental property. Which is awesome. It also means that I've got another property that perhaps I can pass on to the children when you know when that day comes that I've got an investment property for maybe when I retire, maybe to leave to the children. But it's it's there. I didn't have to sell the property in Bath.
0: Which is, it's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's all about. That little bit of extra income, that allowing you to live where you want to live. And it's a beautiful house in the Cotswolds. Everybody, I come down as much as I want and come down here and have a break. You can probably hear my dog Summer in the background barking, because I always bring her down here because there's some beautiful, beautiful walks. And it's just a lovely retreat, really. It is, it's lovely. Really nice retreat. So I hope that's opened your eyes to, for those of you who maybe haven't invested in property before, or are slightly nervous about going forward again, it's giving you some insight into someone like my mum who'd not done it before and and had wanted to, but hadn't had the confidence to do it. And she ended up really really making a success of it and actually being able to live in this dream house in the Cotswolds which is beautiful and really up up leveling her life to something that she really wanted to do which is I think great it's an awesome message and I hope that you guys get a lot out of that so I'm going to wrap up this podcast this week I hope you've enjoyed it I hope it's opened your eyes to what you can do if you're ready to get into buy to let's and I hope it makes you feel that confidence and not worry about it so much and if you do want to ask any questions about this do email me natasha at uk. And if you do have any questions for my mom, I can pass on the questions as well. So you don't have to ask me, I can forward them and uh, she'll come back to you on that. So all that leaves me to say is thank you for coming and listening this week. Um, I'm sorry if you got distracted throughout by the dog. It's just a matter of circumstance that I can't close her out, but uh, she loves getting involved with these. Every time I mention the word podcast, she's around getting involved. Um, So I hope you've enjoyed this aside from the slight distraction and do come on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk where I offer loads of property advice. You can see the services that I offer and you can get involved. I really want you to enjoy your property journey and I really want you to make a success of it. So do make sure you're visiting me and my website and getting the most out of it. So I can't wait to catch up with you again soon. I hope you have a lovely week and I wish you all the success.